If you will, look inside your program. There's an outline of our Bible study that I want to talk with you about today called Success God's Way. You know, I guess success is a word that describes what all of us dream about. And uh, whether we're talking about our family or our job or our involvement in church, we like to be thought of as being a success. A week ago uh, in our Rotary Club, the uh, man from uh, the Maverick Club was in charge, and he introduced uh, a young man to us by the name of Micaiah Presadio. And uh, this young man had been selected as the Youth of the Year. They told his story, and uh, he, at eight years old, was taken away from his mother because she was a drug addict. And uh, he kind of hooked up with some of the people down at the Maverick Club, and he uh, began to grow, and uh, he didn't have a very good attitude to start with, but uh, he continued to be with good, positive people, and uh, a great change took place. And finally, now in high school, he's a very successful young man, and he is the youth of the year. And when he gave his uh, little speech and told about what he had come through and what he had accomplished, uh, he got a standing ovation from the people at the Rotary Club, you know. And uh, you could just tell that it meant a lot to him because now rather than being somebody who is just uh, looked upon as being uh, almost uh, worthless, now he is somebody that's got real positive things going on in his life, and he has success. Now... Success comes in a lot of different ways. Now, you and I know that uh, we are interested in success, but I want you to know that God is interested in your success as well. Over in the book of uh, Joshua, chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says that the Lord said, Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you, then you will be successful in everything you do. That's reading out of the New Living Translation that I'll be using today in, in our study. Now, all of the instructions that came from Moses were the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So God said to Joshua, Now I want you to do everything that Moses has commanded you. And there were some 600 commands that had been given, and so he had a lot of things to live up to if he was going to do what it was that God wants him to do. But you and I, I guess when we think about somebody being successful and uh, some guidelines that we need, the place that we would refer to is the book of Proverbs. Proverbs, let me tell you, are general rules of what will take place and what will happen. A, a proverb is not a 100% guarantee. But usually, this is what's going to happen if you live this way or if you do these things that I'm telling you about. So Proverbs were where you and I usually find some guidelines for our success. Over in the book of 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 32, it says that Solomon wrote 3,000 Proverbs. Now, if you wonder how many are in the book of Proverbs, there are 375 Proverbs in the book of Proverbs. So there was a lot of material here that was covered by Solomon and a lot of things he had to write that you and I need to know about. Three times in the book of Proverbs, the Scriptures say that these are the Proverbs of Solomon. Chapter 1-1, chapter 10-1, chapter 25-1. 
So Solomon is pretty well identified with the book of Proverbs. But now, if you got your Bible, there's a little section in Proverbs, chapter 22, 17, through chapter 24, 22, that's called the sayings of the wise. And there are 30 of these sayings, or Proverbs. And then after he's finished the 30, then he adds six more in chapter 24, verse 23, through chapter 24, verse 34. That is, there are 36 sayings, he says, of the wise. Well, now, nobody knows for sure who that wise one was. It may well have been Solomon himself. Because when you finish that section, chapter 25, verse 1, there's a little thing that says, and more Proverbs from Solomon. So it well may well be that he was the author of these, but God had given these and used these and directed these so that we might know how to live a successful life and how to do the things that are going to bring us success in our life. Over in the book of 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 29, we find this reading. God gave Solomon very great wisdom and understanding and knowledge as vast as the sands of the seashore. Now Solomon did not just figure this out all on his own, but rather he was inspired by God, and God gave him these things that you and I need to know so that we can be successful in our lives. Now, I've kind of divided these up today in in, uh, three different categories that I'd like to show you that uh, he has given us so that you and I can be successful in God's way. Well, number one, the first area I'd like to show you is the area of friends. The area of friends. Chapter 22, verse 24 and 25 reads this way. Don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people, or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. Wow! He said, I want to tell you that who you pick as a friend, if you pick the wrong kind of people, it will endanger your soul. And so what Solomon wanted you and me to do is to be very careful about who it is that we choose as our friends. Well, number two, chapter 23, verses 19 through 21. My child, listen to me. Keep your heart on the right course. Do not carouse with drunkards or feast with gluttons, for they are on their way to poverty, and too much sleep clothes them in rags. And then I like the way that verse reads over in the uh, translation called the message. It reads this way. Drunkards and gluttons end up on skid row in a stupor and dressed in rags. He said, I'll tell you, there's some people, just stay away from them. Those who are drunkards, those who are gluttons, Just stay away from them, because where they're going to end up is not where you want to end up. Be careful who you select as your friends. And the third one I'd like you to note here is in chapter 22, 26, and 27, when it says, Don't agree to guarantee another person's debt or put up security for someone else. If you can't pay it, even your bed will be snatched from you. Now what he said is this, As you pick out your friends, you don't co-sign for anybody. Now, I hate to admit, but one time I did co-sign for a person. It was a brother-in-law. And uh, he'd asked me if I would co-sign with him at a bank. And I said, well, yeah, I'll be glad to. 
and I did it, and uh, he paid off the note. I didn't get stuck with anything, but I'll tell you one thing, I'm not doing it anymore. If you listen to Solomon and David Ramsey, you're not going to be doing that because that gets you in a situation that you do not want to be in. Well, what do you think is the point that he's making about friends? What he's saying is, who you choose as friends is going to determine the kind of person you are. And the person that you choose to run around with is going to be the one that you're going to become like. One of three things happens with friends. Number one, they convert you to become like them. Or number two, you convert them to become like you. Or number three, you quit running around together. One of those three things is going to happen, I guarantee you, with friends. And Solomon says, if you want to be a successful person, then you stay away from the wrong kind of friends, and you get the right kind. You see, the three most important decisions that you ever make in your life are, number one, to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. And number two, to the person that you marry be a person who's going to help you get to heaven. And number three, people you choose as close friends to run with. Those are the three most important things that you're going to deal with in your life. And Solomon said, I want you to be very careful about who and how you associate with and who you identify with. Because that's going to determine whether or not you're going to be able to be a successful person in your life. Well, number two, after friends, I want you to note something about what I want to call here just manners. Kind of a broad sense. Uh, you know, there are some things that change and some things that do not change. I uh, used to subscribe to a little magazine called the Sunshine Magazine. I don't know what happened to it. I, I don't see any around anymore. But uh, there was a little article in it about uh, what had taken place in our country in 1902. In 1902, they reported that there were 38,000 automobiles in America. And then somebody in a newspaper had written these words after citing that fact. But they will never be in as common use as the bicycle. Hmm. Somebody wasn't too much on it, was it, when he realized, said that about the auto. And the paper said that uh, the people were having big complaints in the day. And that is because the price of sirloin steak had gone up to 24 cents a pound. Man, you ought to get mad about that, surely. In addition to that, there were no income taxes being collected in 1902. And there were no vacuum cleaners. There were no chain stores. And women could not vote. Ah, 1902 was a little different than today, isn't it? Because you see, there are some things that never change and some things that do change. All of those things we looked at, they all change. But there are three things, I want to tell you, that Solomon shows us here that do not change. First of all, chapter 23, 13 and 14. Here's his words. Don't fail to discipline your children. They won't die if you spank them. Physical discipline may well save them from death. One thing that does not change, and that is children need to be disciplined. 
And when they are disciplined, they may need physical discipline. I remember that uh, as my kids were growing up, that on one occasion my wife was disciplining our daughter. And uh, she uh, had applied the Board of Education to the seat of learning. And after she got through, uh, my son came up to her and said, Mother, you know what I thought of when you were spanking the nan? And she said, No. He said, Child abuse. <laughs> I guess that, uh, you know, some people think that uh, if there's any kind of discipline, that it's going to be something that is child abuse. But they may holler, they may cry, they may say, You're killing me. But Solomon said, listen, do not fail to discipline your children. That is one of the things that he's given us here that does not change. Number two, chapter 23, verse 10. Don't cheat your neighbors by moving the ancient boundary markers. Now, the way that uh, people's property was marked was often by just landmarks. My uh, land goes from that big oak tree over to that pile of four rocks. Now, somebody might come along and say, you know, I need to get a little bit more land. And so he would move those rocks and get a little bit more land because he had moved the ancient boundary markers or the ancient rocks. And so it is that uh, as Solomon writes, he said, listen, do not do that. And do not be involved in that. And then he says also this. I want to show you chapter 23, 6 and 7. Don't eat with people who are stingy. Don't desire their delicacies. They are always thinking about how much it costs. Eat and drink, they say. But they don't mean it. There are some people who are just tightwads. They are misers. They are complainers. They are gripers. And he said, whatever you do, do not associate with them. Uh, I, I read a story about a man who was a barber who was that way. And a fellow went in to get his hair cut, and he sat down, and he was uh, striking up some conversation with the barber. And he said, you know, I'm getting ready to uh, make a trip to Rome. And the uh, barber, being the kind of contentious fellow he was, said, well... I'll tell you, Rome is not a very good city, and it's got a lot of bad things going on in Rome. He said, what kind of airline are you going to fly on? And the guy told him his airline. Barbara said, boy, that's a crummy airline. I understand they're late all the time. You'll, you'll have all kinds of problems being on that airline. And he said, uh, what uh, hotel are you staying in in Rome? And the man told him, the guy said, you know, that's a lousy hotel. I've heard they've got terrible service there. You're not going to enjoy it one bit being there. Guy said, well, I'm still going, he said, and I may even get to see the Pope. He said, no, you won't get to see the Pope. He only sees important people. Guy said, well, I'm going anyway. And he made his trip, and about five weeks later, he came back, and he sat down in the barber's chair, and the barber said, well, how'd your trip go? Guy said, you know, it was marvelous. He said, those people in Rome were just so friendly and courteous, and we needed to find direction someplace. They helped us. We really loved Rome. And he said, I'll tell you something. He said, the airline we flew on, that thing was just always on time, and the uh, hostesses were so nice, and they were so good to us that uh, we just were overwhelmed. 
And he said the hotel we stayed in, the food was great, and the service was nice. And he said, I even got to see the Pope. He said, you know, and I got to see the Pope. He said, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I should shake hands with him or what. He said, so I just bowed down and said, I'm glad to see you. And he said, the Pope looked at me and he said, where'd you get that lousy haircut? (laughs) Sometimes uh, people that uh, are the... uh, Gripers and they are the complainers are not people that you want to be around. So Solomon said, if you want to be successful, I want you to know about friends and I want you to know about manners and how it is that you're going to deal with things. Well, number three, the third thing I want to show you that Solomon says is has to do with what I call morals. Chapter 24, 17 and 18. Don't rejoice when your enemies fall. Don't be happy when they stumble. For the Lord will be displeased with you and will turn His anger away from you. Don't be happy when your enemies stumble, when they fall. I read that and I had to think about a thing that took place last year in the football game between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. It was a pretty good game for a good while, but... Oklahoma kind of ran the score up, and they were about two and a half or three touchdowns ahead. And the last few seconds of the game, a boy from Oklahoma broke loose and looked like he was going to score a touchdown again. They didn't need the points, but he stopped on the one-yard line and put his knee down, and he did not score. Hmm. Now, the Oklahoma fans, they were all mad because they wanted to run the score up. And the Oklahoma State fans were glad because the score was not as big as it could have been. But here was a fellow who had a chance to run the score up, and he didn't run the score up. And he said, that's the kind of guy I want you to be. Don't rejoice when your enemies fall, and don't be happy when they stumble. But you be one that uh, is going to have good manners. Then check, if you will, with me, chapter 24, verse 26. An honest answer is like a kiss of friendship. Huh. Did you know that the smallest good deed is better than the grandest good intentions? When uh, Mamie Eisenhower was the first lady, the last day that she was in the White House, she wanted to make sure that those who came in after her were going to have a good warm welcome. And so she went around and put a bouquet of flowers in every single room in the White House. Because she wanted it to be that when the new people came in, that they were going to be able to be blessed with the fragrance of sweet flowers that they would have. And then in chapter 24, 28, and 9, it says this, Don't testify against your neighbors without cause. Don't lie about them. And don't say, Now I can pay them back for what they have done to me. You know, the Lord does not want us to be people who are retaliators or people who are trying to get even with people if they have done something or said something about us. God wants us to be successful. There's an old Chinese proverb that says, Flowers leave their fragrance on the hand that bestows them. And somebody then wrote this little poem. The old Chinese proverb, if practiced every day, would change the whole world in a wonderful way. 
It's truth. It's so simple. It's so easy to do. And it works every time and successfully too. For you can do a kindness without a reward, not in silver nor gold, but in the joy of the Lord. You, cannot, you can't light a candle to show others the way without feeling the warmth of that little ray. And you can't pluck a rose all fragrant and dew without part of its fragrance remaining on you. You and I are called upon people to follow in the way that our Lord has given Solomon. He said, these are the things I want you to do. And you may want to go back and read those 36 sayings of the wise and knowing how it is that God has directed us and what He wants us to do to be successful people. Would you pray with me? Dear Father, we know that the choice of our friends is very important. And I just pray, dear God, that we will be very careful and choose people to be our friends that are going to help us go to heaven. I just pray, dear Father, that you will bless us and help us to be people who have good manners and good morals and live in such a way, dear Lord, so you're going to be honored. We pray that you'll bless us this day and bless us this week. And may we truly live in a way that will bring honor and glory to you. For this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing a song of invitation today. Maybe there's a way we could encourage you. Maybe you'd like to come and say, you know, I'd like to be a part of this family. And if that's your desire, we would just welcome you with open arms. Maybe you'd like to come today and be baptized. Everything's in readiness if you'd like to do that. Our elders will be at the back if you'd like someone to pray with you about a matter. And I'll be at the front. We can help you in any way. If you'd like to come, do it right now as we just stand and sing our song of invitation together. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer.